Welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman, the podcast dedicated to helping you build the business of your dreams and live the life you always hoped for, with valuable and fun tips and info to make your life easier and more fun. And now, here's your host, a man who sprinkles metal shavings on his breakfast cereal just for fun, Jason Silverman. Everybody and welcome to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. I'm your host, Jason Silverman, and I am thrilled to share some time with you once again today. As you know, I'm always, always on the hunt for interesting as well as super smart Real Deal guests. And I got to tell you, um, this show has been a couple years in the making. You know, I want to introduce my listeners to somebody who's truly been there and done that. And got to tell you, it probably does it better than almost anybody I've ever seen. So I'm excited to pick his brain for your benefit and, and secretly for my benefit as well. Now, for the folks who I work with in any of my coaching programs or through Powerful Words Character Development or All-Star Cheer Sites or the Jason's Army Mastermind Group, you know how much I focus on the importance of sharing business success secrets, right? Well, the show is going to help us do just that. So today's going to be my honor and privilege to share an amazing resource with you. You're going to love today's guest. He's got not only a ton of valuable information about growing a business, about becoming a better person, about becoming a better employer, a better owner, really just growth in general. You know, I've, I've had, I've, I've had the pleasure, the pleasure of, of watching, um, our guests for the last, gosh, I don't know, 20 plus years. And I gotta tell you, I'm so inspired. I'm so excited. Every time I get the opportunity to breathe this guy's air that, I'm excited to share him with you today. So strap yourself in. Today's show is going to be a blast. As I'm sure you already know, I'm committed to helping business owners just like you to become more successful, enjoy your career more, and in general, make your life significantly more fun. As you know, we only get one ride on this merry-go-round. We want to make sure it's one hell of a ride, right? Alrighty, boys and girls, it is now that time. I want you to stop surfing Facebook, put away your phone, your tablet, your dog, your cat, your spouse, your child, anything that might possibly distract you from today's show. You're about to get some great and immediately implementable information, and I don't want you to miss even a second of it. So before we officially get going, let me give you a little bit of background about our special guest expert today. Mr. Dave Kovar is a successful multi-chain business owner, a lifetime martial artist and fitness enthusiast. He's also a sought-after speaker and consultant on the subject of martial arts training, staff development, customer retention, and new client acquisition. Over the years, Mr. Kovar has led more than over 500 seminars in eight countries for over 10,000 participants. Mr. Kovar's Martial Arts Instructor Toolbox online training program has helped school owners and instructors all over the world grow their, grow their schools to the next level. You can easily see all his work over at www.kovarsystems.com. Mr. Kovar, welcome to The Real Deal. I'm thrilled to have you today. Well, well, thanks for having me. That's quite an introduction. I'm, <laughs> I've got, now I've got a lot to live up to on this call. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that you are up to the challenge. So listen, before we get started, for those who haven't had the opportunity and, and sincere pleasure either meeting you or hearing you speak or taking part in any of your trainings, Take a second and share your story with our listeners. What are you passionate about? What makes you tick? Who is Dave Kovar? So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, first and foremost, uh, I think what, what drives me is that, you know, I, I love what I do for a living. And that is I, I, I primarily what I do is I teach martial arts. And uh, that's 
I've seen so many benefits, as you know, as a martial artist yourself, what happens when, when people commit to any worthy goal. And I know that there's a lot of things people can pursue that's going to bring out their greatness. For me, I, I love what I see when I see people training martial arts for extended period of time. And that kind of gives me a lot of passion. And I think, you know, what's interesting is sometimes uh, you pick things and sometimes things pick you. And, and for me, it was kind of martial arts kind of picked me. I was probably about... I don't know, seven or eight years old. It was the mid sixties and, and I saw a silhouette of a guy doing a flying sidekick and I didn't, I don't really know what it, you know, where it was. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. And it, and it took me years before I could convince my folks to let me do it. Right. So I started with wrestling in seventh grade and then a couple of years later with karate and it just kind of was something that, that was in me. And uh, I had the fortunate privilege of kind of falling into a school. Uh, about six months out of high school in 1978, and this is really all I've ever done is teach martial arts. And of course, the last uh, uh, decade, I've really been focused on helping other uh, school owners grow their business. My, my probably what I'm probably the best at is like instructor training. That's kind of where my passion lies. It's, it's you know that instructor-student relationship is so important, and every one of us can look back on a time growing up when when they had a, a teacher, a coach, a mentor say something to them or do something for them that had a massive impact, you know, and, and I think uh, every one of us are in a situation where we impact our, 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 you know, the people around us, especially the younger generation who ha maybe hasn't yet formalized their kind of their view of themselves yet. And we can influence that in a positive way or in a negative way if we don't do it right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, the one thing that, that, that always, always impressed me, um, and I've seen so many folks in not just the martial arts industry, but, but really everywhere, all, all, all the after-school activity world that have come in first as an instructor and then kind of changed their game and, and stepped away from, from their roots. And, and one of the things that has always impressed me is I always see you training, always. I, I see at every super show, um, I always have the opportunity and there's always like this big jiggle, don't, don't give me a hug because I'm all sweaty. Right, um, right. <laughs> but but the reality is that like you've never moved away from that. Um, obviously, you love it, uh, and that's never gone away. But how important do you feel is it? It is you know to um, to owners to really stay in it. Yeah, well, I, I think regardless, and I, I can speak from my perspective as a martial artist, but it applies to anybody that you know has a feel of passion. Is that they keep their passion strong because that's that X factor that really you know allows you to really kind of. Uh, keep from being burned out. You know, people get burned out and, and often it's because people lose sight of their vision. And for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 57 years old. I, I, uh, I'm not doing the same things I did when I was 27, but I'm still doing it. Right. And I, I share that with you because, because one of the things that, that I think, uh, that people have to do is they have to be really mindful of, of where they are, their stage they are in their life and not use it as an excuse to not train, you know, but, but, Make sure that to, to, to whatever that they're doing, they're doing it. Like I, I look at my training as health first, fitness, and martial arts third. Now, when I was younger, martial arts was top of the list, but now I look at at health and fitness as a part of my martial arts training because you and I have both seen a lot of a lot of guys that were maybe really good in the day, but they're so beat up now they can't do anything, and I don't want to be that guy, right? So I think first and foremost is is that I, I try to uh, uh, really train on a consistent basis. Uh, and what that does for me is it just makes me, I think anytime you're a student, you're a better teacher because you can really identify with that student experience, right? And, uh, there's something, there's something that happens when my training is going well and I'm going to step in and I'm going to, I'm going to teach a class to instructors or I'm going to talk about the business of what, you know, to school owners. Somehow 
it just uh, the the message is delivered with more spirit and it's picked up better as well. Mm. Well, you know, you just said something really, really important that you know, being that student, you know, putting yourself continually. And I, I feel like you've you've successfully strapped the white belt on for the last you know multiple decades. You know, which is so cool because you you're, you've never lost sight of the fact of what that newbie coming in feels. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, you know, the more you, you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. And that's been my experience with, with my martial arts training. And now I've tried to expand it on to fitness, nutrition, and kinesiology, and all those things that, that like, I realize, oh, there's, whole, there's a whole lot of other worlds to explore. And, and somehow, when you're in that kind of module, it, 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 it keeps everything fresh, you know. And then what I'm able to do is I'm relate, able to relate whatever I'm learning, whatever I'm thinking about, or whatever challenges I'm going through. I'm, I do my best to be able to relate that to the group of people that I'm, I'm speaking, communicating with, and it, and I think it, it, it keeps it, you know, fresh and real for them as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, just to get into it, why do you feel like martial arts training is so valuable to so many people? Well, so first and foremost, you know, you can develop self-discipline and commitment doing anything. It doesn't matter any productive activity, whether it be, you know, chess or golf or or, or cheer or anything else, right? What, uh, as long as you, but what, for me, what makes martial arts unique is, is the whole aspect of, of the fact that you're, you're teaching people, uh, like how to defend themselves. And that's that deal, like, at the end of the day, uh, the analogy would be, let, let's just say someone was training martial arts, uh, uh, I, uh, I rear end somebody and they get out. And, and by the way, I'm gonna apply this to an adult, but the same situation would be on the playground with a kid. And I rear in somebody in my car. I feel bad about it. The guy gets out. And let's say this gentleman has predatory, kind of a, he had a bad day and he's a predator by nature. Okay. He gets out of the car and he walks up and he's mad as heck at me. Now, if I respond, uh, uh, in a, in a fearful way, I'm only going to draw out more of that predator out of him. Right. And the flip side is if I don't know how to respond, so I get angry back because I can't control my emotion. What's going to happen is logic and emotional like oil and water, they don't mix. And that's just going to provoke the situation. So what I've got to do to be able to resolve this situation in a peaceful way is I've got to be calm but confident. So my body language, I have my hands up, my leg is back, and my, but I'm going, hey, buddy, I'm looking right in the eye, and I'm saying calmly, hey, man, I apologize about that. Let's the insurance companies take care of it. Everything's cool. Don't worry. So I'm giving him an out, I'm let, but, but my eyes and my body language is saying, buddy, take another step forward, and we're going to do this, and I can handle myself. And that, that little X factor that you can't, it's, it's hard to fake, right? Uh, I don't know that you can't fake it, but, but it's hard. And so when you, I, so I call it practice the fight so you don't have to. And that's something that's really unique to martial arts is that, you know, someone's learning your, you know, valuable life skills. And, and of course, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of martial arts like I do. And, and martial arts are generally the most peaceful guys on the planet. They're the least likely to be in a confrontation because they get a chance on a regular basis to kind of embrace their shadow, you know, to kind of, to vent a little bit in a healthy environment. And also, you know, we realize that how many, uh, what, uh, and martial arts keeps us humble too, because we realize we're not invincible because there's a lot of really tough guys out there. So I think that's kind of a, a nice reminder as well. Absolutely. And obviously from the, from the kid perspective, you know, I, I remember teaching, you know, having hundreds and hundreds of kids come in there and just thinking, wow, just the importance of what's being shared here. I mean, the, the difference between being scared to go to school or not being scared to go to school. Totally. You know, and, and one of the things with like with kids, you know, probably one of the important things that, that anybody can teach, they don't have to be a martial artist to do this, is a polite greeting. 
you know, to a kid, you know, how, how somebody can shake somebody else's hand, how a child should shake somebody's hand and look them in the eye. And, and why that's so important is that uh, several things are happening when a kid learns that, you know, I, once again, the predator six or 26, they're, they're looking for someone that's an easy market to do a victim. Okay, the average the average predator does not have a, an alternative plan. They have an alternative victim. So if, if we can teach our students just to project confidence, then they're less likely to be confronted. Doesn't mean guarantee they're not going to be confronted. So one of the first things, of course, you know, kids learn in martial arts training is to look someone in the eye and shake their hand. And what the message there is is that hey, I'm a polite person. I'm courteous. I'm respectful, but I'm confident and sure of myself. So don't mess with me. So there's a lot that's happening in that very moment, right? And and then then projecting from there, then of course. You know, you're giving kids learn from experience. We all learn from experience. But so what in a martial arts school, what happens is kids learn, uh, you know, so much emphasis on avoidance and how to talk to them out of the situation. And, and so, so they, they learn how to confront potentially violent dangerous situations with a, in, with a peaceful solution first. And, uh, and so rarely does it ever get to the physical altercation, you know, so that's one of the things that I, I think why martial arts is so unique with that as compared to other aspects. For example, my two kids, Played soccer for years. Uh, they, they loved it. I, I had great coaches. You know, I know some people complain about the soccer coaches. My kids had great coaches, but there was never a time that the coaches at the beginning of the game or at the end of practice said, "Okay, guys, and make sure to be nice to people and don't misuse your soccer on anyone," because it's an <laughs> It's soccer, right? But with martial arts, it, you know, because the nature of what we're teaching kids is potentially violent, it obligates, uh, you know. Uh, mindful martial arts instructors to, to really emphasize the other side, you know, respect, self-control, courtesy, and all those things that kids may or may not be hearing other sources. And because they respect their martial arts instructors so much in almost every case, they, you know, they, they, they will listen to them. They'll hear things that they might not even hear from their parents or their, their school teachers. Right. But now they've, they've got their superheroes saying it. So it makes a, a world of difference. Exactly. What would you say, you know, if somebody was looking you know, if they're looking to find the ideal school for, for themselves, for their kids, you know, what should they be looking for? And the reason I ask this question isn't necessarily because I believe that folks are <clears throat> listening to this podcast, hoping to, to find a martial arts school. Um, I feel like while that may be a happy symptom of it, um, also look at it from the perspective of, you know, what should people be thinking? How should they be portraying their business to the world? It's a great, it's a great question. You know, I think first and foremost, that, uh, I can't speak for other businesses, but, but I, I know that, that in the martial arts business anymore, 20, 30 years ago, you could be mediocre. You could, uh, you know, you could have maybe ulterior motives. Let me see how much money I can get out of these guys and who cares if they continue training or whatever it might have been. But anymore, you know, people that are successful in the martial arts business have learned that the only way to do good business is to do good business, meaning that you, you know, you really have your customers you know, interest in mind. And, and one of the things that, that I would say, you know, looking for, for any, anybody that's going into a, you know, an endeavor that they're going to uh, get involved in or their kids involved in is, is rapport that the, the culture and structure has with the students is really paramount to me. Like in martial arts, you know, what style they learn is really secondary. And especially in the martial arts, say, America is the open thought, like we've all borrowed from each other, right? Uh, but so that's the first thing I look at is that instructor-student relationship. Uh, the next thing is, is, you know, are the kids, uh, you know, what, what happy? Are the parents happy? Let me give you an example. So I, I think the two things that go into, uh, what someone's got to be, uh, in any business, but there's the will and the skill. Let me explain what I mean by that. Let's imagine that I just moved to a new city and I want to get my five-year-old daughter in gymnastics. 
And I, so I look online and I see two uh, different gymnast, gymnastics centers. And one of them, uh, the guy was a 1996 uh, silver medalist in the Olympics. I, I look at his picture. I go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I watched him on TV. So I go down to this place. It just happens to be right down the street from my school. I go in there, and what I see is I see him over in the corner. The place is kind of dirty. It's a little dingy. Uh, he's sitting in the corner kind of barking out orders to a, a group of relatively quite talented 14-year-old girls. Uh, he looks up at me. You know, hey, I'll be right with you. But you can just feel. By the way, this guy knows his stuff, no doubt about it. But you can feel that the will isn't there. Just kind of doing this because that's all he can do, right? So I go to this other place down the street. And this is, a, the, 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 the credentials aren't real clear. It doesn't look like there's any really competitive, uh, uh, what, what success, but it's a husband and wife couple. I'm going to go there anyway. And I walk in there. And what do I see? I see a bunch of the places bright, smells good, it's happy. Uh, and I see a, it's an instructors out of the floor just having a great time with a bunch of really happy five-year-old girls. Now, the question that I would pose is, is it's not a right or wrong answer. It's a total opinion, but, where would you think I would take my daughter? Which place? The first place or the second place? Well, for me, it would be the second place, clearly, right? Because that person has the will. But guess what? I look one more time online, and I see another place. And I go, oh, this this lady was a, a bronze medalist in the 2000 Olympics. If it was well, 2000, I don't know I'm making this up. But, but so I show up there, and what do I see? The place is bright and happy. There's a bunch of really excited five-year-olds as well as a bunch of talented 14-year-olds. Now the, the, the choice becomes clear because this place has both the will and the skill. They know what they're doing, and they want to be there. And that's what I, I, I would recommend for someone, really any business. You know, someone that, first off, is competent, but also it isn't burned out yet. It's still happy and excited about contributing to the community through their business. That's enormous. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've ever heard it put quite so plainly like that, that makes perfect sense. So thank you for doing that. That's it. It's a great example. Um, tell me this, you know, as far as, as far as attitude is concerned, <clears throat> you know, how important do you feel or where do you feel attitude plays its part, you know, in the level of somebody achieving success? Well, you know, it, it's so, it, it's so clear. It's so important. And you know, it, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, I was reading one time, and I'm trying to think of where I got this information because it was relatively recently. There was this thing about how people are born with a happiness quotient on a scale from one to ten. Scientifically, some people come into the world as a three, some people come into the world as an eight, right? And that, and that we all know people that are like that, right? In our family or friends that are just naturally happy, right? And others that are kind of naturally kind of, you know, a little bit more glum. But what's interesting is this: this study kind of said how we all have the ability to adjust the scale three or four points either way, right? So you could come into the world kind of this naturally optimistic, happy person with a great attitude, and, and your environment and your education and, and, and whatnot can bring it down. Or you could be at a four, but somehow get up to a seven or eight based on the same things. So I, I think that, that it's crucially important. And what I find is interesting is it really is a learned behavior. I remember hearing Tommy Robbins say one time a line that stuck with me. I've never forgotten. Just stand guard the door of your mind. I love that line. That is, is that you know you be careful what you let in and you know who you're surrounding yourself with and what what you're reading in, you know in the morning. It's so easy. I don't know about you, man. I can get up and if I just happen to and I don't, but let's just say I I, I happen to um, I'm traveling and I go down uh, to to the hotel lobby for breakfast and the new local news is on and there's a disaster here and there's a burglar here and 
how that affects my mood for the day as compared to if I really do it on purpose. If I get up and I go through my ritual, my routine, which is very consistent and focused, my morning is really important because it sets the day. Because I know if I show up kind of with the right mindset, then whatever challenges I face, it's not that I'm not going to have challenges, but but I'm going to look at it more proactively and I'm going to be more solution-oriented. You know? And so why not stack the ads of favor to your success of your success by doing everything you can right to develop those right habits that are going to help you develop it and have a consistently uh, attitude that's aligned with what you like to achieve. I, I love that. You know, and it it's so interesting you say that, especially, you know, with the with the date being early November of 2016, um, with all of the news going on, so little of it positive. Um, I don't remember the last time I actually watched a news show on purpose. Um you know, we, we just don't do that in our house because we, I think it must've been about seven or eight years ago. We sat down and said, you know, this is such garbage. You know, everything in here is, it's, it's, it's too heavy to carry with us for the whole day. So, you know, to, to your point, I, re, I let me give you a headline, you know, trouble in the middle East, gas prices soaring, uh, youth, uh, like youth, you know, worse than ever, yada, yada. yada. Well, I remember watching TV with the news with my dad, that was like 1970, right? You know, in other words, there's always that sense, and not that there's not real challenges, right? There's always, but there's always that sense, you know, that, 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 that everything is the worst ever. And the reason is, is because, you know, as, as, uh, as we've evolved over time as a species, our ability to be mindful of good news is what kept, I mean, bad news is what kept us alive because we had to know if there was a rumor in the village next door that someone, they were disgruntled with us and they might be coming to war. I needed to know that. So my antenna, it, we're wired to hear bad news, right? And so then of course now you have media that knows that and that's what they're going to get their ratings from. So intellectually we all know this, but it's still so easily to get easy to get drawn in if you're not really mindful of, of, of what you, what you, what you consciously watch and are aware of. I love that. And one of the other things I I just took notes on was, you know, being prepared, you know, coming armed for your day, you know, what a, what, what, what a great way to explain that. You know, again, you can come armed with all of the negativity or you can come armed with all the positivity. And actually on that, I got to ask the question, you know, you've been doing this for a while. So what do you do personally to keep your enthusiasm and your passion strong? So I think it starts by, by a line that, that I don't know where I heard of, but, but it, it's it, it, take care of the days and the years take care of themselves, right? Mm. Is I think sometimes we, we, we are so focused on where we want to be in a year and a half, two years. And by the way, I, you know, I, I'm a fan of setting goals, of course. You know, it's important to have, to have goals set. But sometimes, you know, what we do is imagine, you know, if I find like a, uh, let's say I, I, I personally like to have vegetable garden, right? Especially tomatoes, nothing like homegrown tomatoes, right? So if I, if I, let's say I'm going to sprout them from seed and I go in there and I, and I do everything, I, I sprout them, I put them in the, in the garden and, and if, if every day I'm pulling them out to check on to see if it's working or not, I'm going to kill it. So what do I do, man? I, I, I plant the seed, uh, and I water it. I make sure it gets plenty of sun. I make sure that the, the, the soil is fertilized and then I let time take its course, right? Well, so it's kind of like, you know, it's great to have long-term goals, certainly, but it's really about the process of that daily ritual. I, I think the quality of your life is in direct relationship on the habits and routines and rituals that you have in place. And so when you kind of set every day up uh, to where you make sure that you, you know, first start beginning with, is it, is it of course, extra, exercise, rest, nutrition, are the, the three piece, pieces of that 
health puzzle. However, especially in West in the Western world, uh, you know, the thing that we most uh, of my friends and myself, man, we brag about how little sleep we get sometimes. Yeah, three hours sleep last night. I'm pushing through. You know? Well, uh, and if, and if the only way you're getting through it the day is with a Red Bull in the afternoon or a power drink, there's something wrong with the way you're living your life, right? I get it if every now and then that happens, right? But the bottom line, it starts by being mindful of the fact that, that by the way, remember in the, in, in generations past, you know, the emphasis was on the running as the team was talking about. And, and then it was maybe, uh, you know, if fresh fruits and vegetables, which of course is important, but that was the emphasis. And then of course, uh, I don't know if he's all, Correlate exactly, but you get the idea. Then, of course, now in fitness is CrossFit, and everything was kind of that's really taken over. And even if you, some people don't like CrossFit, there's still the, the, the mindset of cross training. Well, I think the thing you're going to see more and more of in the future is the importance of sleep and sleep hacking. And, you know, and so that's the starting point. It's like doing the best you can to, to find out what you need. And then for me, it's about it works for my routine. Is I get up real early. Uh, first thing I do is I exercise in the morning. Uh, when I get back, I, I do my reading and meditation at that point. I kind of prepare for my day, and I try to have a healthy breakfast and try to get to the office in a leisurely fashion versus, you know, stayed up late too late last night watching reruns of, of The Office or something, and I get up late, I race to the office on the way in, I grab a coffee and a, and a donut. You, you, go, you know, fast forward 10 years and see where those two differences make you, right? So, it, so I'm a big habit of daily ritual. Now, there's always going to be exceptions. You're going to be on vacation, weekends, et cetera. But I'm talking about those habits, those kind of Monday through Friday habits. And, and if you can guard those, develop those, and guard those, great stuff with them. I love that. that that's, <clears throat> you know, again, it's, it's so interesting. The I have the luxury of, of talking to so many successful, super smart people. And it's so interesting to see how many people say similar things as far as, you know, what are your success habits and what are you doing every single day? It's one thing to be like, I'm going to make this big declaration of all the things I'll eventually do, but no, no, really, what are you doing today and tomorrow yes, and Wednesday and Thursday? So that's, that's fabulous. I, I want to switch gears for a quick second, if you would, because one of the things that I, I've, I've so admired about you and, and your organization for so long is the team you've built is so rock solid that, you know, it's one thing I've seen in some organizations, you know, you've got one person at the top who's really fabulous and fantastic. And then there's kind of like the flubby middle and then there's the bottom. Um, I've never seen that. I, everybody involved with your organization is just, everyone's just, you know, buttoned up top to bottom. And it's, it's really been exciting to watch and, and really inspirational to watch. So what would you say are some of the key points, you know, you've learned over the years in, in developing such a great team? Well, thank you so much. It's probably, I'm more proud of our team than anything. You know, right now I've got uh, actually 150 employees, about 50 full-time, the rest are part-time and, and Ron, you know, just an amazing group. And, and, uh, and, and we're not without challenges. You know, anytime there's two or more people getting together, besides you and I, there's very few perfect people in the world. <laughs> well, it's just you, actually. But anyway, uh, uh, so the, the deal is, is that there's there's plenty of challenges. But I, I think you know, for us, this is this is where you know where our main focus is, and and, and kind of uh, it's it, one of the things that that I that I'm not good at a lot of things, but I I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. So one of the things that, that early on, my, my my brother was my business partner for 20 years, and he, he really like, hey man, we got to develop this team. It can't be just you and I, because I was trying to do everything. 
And, and so we kind of started early on kind of cultivating a staff. And of course, my, my business partner now is Dave Chandler. He's an amazing guy. And he's kind of had the same attitude that we kind of boil it down to these three steps. And, 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 and these are, they're easy steps to say, hard to live by, but it's hire right, train right, treat right. And so the first thing is, is that you've got to start with the right person, right? And that's really tricky, but, but it's imagine it for a second. I had someone, and what a lot of people do when they're, they're training or they're hiring staff is they, they, they hire the best of three choices, but it still wasn't really quite the person they wanted. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, imagine if I thought, okay, uh, you know, I'm shopping to get married. Here's the three girls I've been dating. I don't really like any of them, but, but I, I hate this one the least. Let me get engaged to her. Not <laughs> really not a, the way to do it. Right. And so I think what we do is we settle. And, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Like in our business, we, you know, teaching martial arts, man, coming across an instructor is hard to do. It takes a lot of time. So if sometimes you, people will settle for mediocrity because that's all they got. And I get that, but, but that's because they're not thinking long term. So you deal with whatever you got to deal with today, but you got to be planting seeds for next year and the year after. And that's something to start now. So, so hire right, meaning that you make sure you get the right person. If it's not the right person, you keep looking. And then once you've got the right person, you train them right. Cause my experience has been, that most people you hire, they, you know, if, if you have any type of sensory acuity, you've been doing this a long time, you kind of know, man, whether you're getting a good person or not, if you do the interview process, right? But what happens, I think most people that you hire really want to do a good job, right? I mean, I don't think people go into a job thinking, oh, good. Uh, maybe it's my naivety, or, uh, yeah, but, but oh, good, man, I'm going to hire this job and I'm going to do as little as possible. I'm going to take as big advantage as I can. I don't think most people, at least most people I hire haven't done that. But, if you don't train them right, they're going to develop maybe habits that aren't conducive to your your your, your model. And so it, this is especially important. The first time somebody does something, like let's say, for example, uh, if I let somebody, uh, I'm teaching martial arts, and I'm, uh, uh, no, let me give you an example. My, my son, who's now 21, he's in, going into seventh grade. He's going to start wrestling. He's on the wrestling team, and I wrestled as a kid, so... And I'm, of course, I'm a fan of jujitsu and MMA and I do all those things. And, and so, so I, I get his buddies, him and down to do a, and I'm helping him do a double leg takedown. Okay. So I, so basically for those of you that are listening, double leg takedown is a classic wrestling 101 technique. And, and so let's just, so I have, and one of the things that you do is you lead forward and you, you put your, your, let's say I put my right knee between your legs. I put my right shoulder right in your abdomen. I put my head on the outside. I coke behind your knees. I lift and I turn. I so I have my son do this for about five or ten minutes, and then I realized, wait a minute, and, and he was starting with his right leg forward, okay? So that would be called, we call a right lead. And I realized, wait a second, he spars with a left lead, meaning his left leg forward. Let me, let me reverse that. So I have him do it on the other side. And so now he's do everything completely different. Well, in that five, first five minutes, it took him six months to know which, where to, which side of the body to put the head on, because that first five minutes I trained him on. So that was a long and story that, that, that but, but I, so the whole idea when you get somebody on board out of the gate to help them develop the right habits, so they have no bad habits to begin with, to, 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 to settle. So if someone's answering your phone, make sure you have them answered exactly how you want the first time they do it, because that becomes their habit, and then it's way, uh, easier, you know, to, to, to train them because you don't have to unbreak, uh, you know, undo habits. And then the third one is treat them right. And that's the one where, you know, there's so much that goes into that. But bottom line for me, that means, hey, man, try to be someone that you would want to work for, you know, go to battle for your team, you know, yeah, build your emotional bank account, Stephen Covey says, by catching them doing things right. Let them know that, hey, hey, Mr. Employee, I'm here to help you. How can I help you do your job right? And, uh, 
that's kind of the formula that we we've done our best to, to create. You know, is is really to try to uh, treat our people right and make them you know, really enjoy working with us. I think that's brilliant. There, there's there's so many there's so many keepers and writer downers in the, in that last couple of minutes that it's unbelievable, folks. It, Go back and listen to this. Obviously, the whole the whole podcast, but specifically anybody dealing with challenges with staffing, which you know I hear about pretty much every day. Um, you got to go back and listen to that over and over and over again. All right, it is time for our resource of the week. So, if you would, you know, tell me how can my listeners find out more about you and you know how you've gone about helping folks to succeed. So, uh, you know, I, I, a couple of mainstream things that I do is I have a couple books out there. I have a book called Three Points of Clarity. It's available on Amazon. It's kind of just my, it's my chicken soup for the soul. That would be my way to, to describe it, right? I, I have another one called the Martial Arts Instructor's Toolbox that you could take out the word martial arts and put anything else and it applies directly, uh, which are both kind of real, real, I, you know, real easy reads that kind of, kind of outline kind of what we do. And, and then for more specifically, people are in, in the martial arts. Uh, you know, field. I've got a couple of products that you can go to cobars.com. One of the ones that, that, that we call it the, the instructor's toolbox, which is an online, uh, basically training module for instructors, uh, to where they can go and there's all kinds of drills and skills and teaching strategies and techniques that they, they can uh, acquire. And, and so, uh, you know, our kind of goal, and then of course we have more progressive, uh, coaching programs as well, but our, our goal is just to kind of, you know, as you've heard this line, it's probably been said a million times, but the rising tide lifts all boats. And I know that if I do a good job in my city, I help everyone else. Just like if, you know, if somebody does a, a good job in Seattle, I benefit because, well, let's back it up. Let's say I teach, a, I have a lousy program in Sacramento. Okay? So inevitably, one of my students comes, somebody comes in, tries out my program, hates it. They call their cousin in Seattle and say, don't ever do, they don't say don't ever do martial arts at Cobarts. They say, don't ever do martial arts. I tried it out. It's the worst thing for my kid. And so now someone in, 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 in uh, uh, Seattle is missing out on an opportunity. However, if I do a good job, the same conversation goes different, right? So really, you know, selfishly, you know, uh, for me, it really benefits my business to see other martial arts schools and other businesses doing as well, you know, good, good as well. So I'm happy to help. That makes a lot of sense. So it was just, just so I have it down here. It's, um, www.covarsystems.com, K-O-V-A-R-S-Y-S-T-E-M-S.com. You got it. Yes, sir. Fabulous folks. You, you, you got to get up there. You do. All right. Mr. Cover, I always like to end my podcast with one, what I consider to be a very telling and important question. So if you could give business owners just one solid piece of advice to either help their business or probably more importantly, help them to live a better, more balanced life, what would that piece of advice be? Oh man. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. It's better to have friends and enemies. Hmm. Wow. And, 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 you know, you treat, you know, value your relationships above all. Right. I and mean, we've all done silly things where we, said something you're, you know, maybe that we shouldn't have said that come back to bias later. I have a couple of examples, you know, in front of my thought, but that's really it, man, is, you know, go about your day trying to, you know, to, to develop relationships. I love that. It's better to have friends than enemies. It's so simple and so, <laughs> so important. That's brilliant. Oh, Dave, thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know how busy your schedule is with your travel and with, with the franchise and with your, your training and coaching. I, I really appreciate you, uh, you sharing some of your time and, and a whole bunch of your wisdom with us. This has been fabulous. Well, it's been a real honor. You know, I love what you're doing. I love what you stand for. And, uh, 
they're real excited to be on the show today and, and best to you and to all the listeners as well. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's all the time we've got today. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. For more info about private coaching or see if you benefit from one of my mastermind groups, visit me over at www.jasonmsilverman.com. I look forward to helping you achieve the success that you truly deserve. Until next time, let me leave you with this. Get out there and be the real deal. Set a goal, make a plan, work like hell towards it, and achieve the success that's waiting for you. Now's the time. Get out there and make it happen. This has been Jason Silverman, and I hope you... Have a spectacular week. You've been listening to The Real Deal with Jason Silverman. To access the great resources mentioned in the show and for information on coaching and mastermind group opportunities with Jason, please visit jasonmsilverman.com.